0: Rumor, a currently circulating story or report of uncertain or questionable truth. This is Rumors of Grace, where I talk to people rumored to have found beauty and truth in broken and uncommon places. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Rumors of Grace. This is episode number 77. Hard to believe that we are 77 episodes in. And sevens, double sevens is a special episode today because I'm gonna to introduce to De- a guest that you haven't heard from yet, but I think you'll find it very interesting. But before I do, I'd like you to do something special for me right now. If you wouldn't mind just pressing pause on your what device, whatever you're listening to, your phone in your car, or maybe not in your car, but on your device, if you'd press pause and go scroll down to whatever platform you're listening to this on and give me a decent review, a recommendation, et cetera, this really, really helps when the platforms are deciding what podcast to advertise, get in front of more people, ones that are doing well. One of the things they look at is is the reviews and the recommendations. So that would really help. So just press pause, go and do it right now, and I'll be here when you get back. Okay, let's jump right in to episode number seventy-seven. I have a family member that we're going to spend the next hour talking to today. My oldest son, Riley Hutchins. I have three kids. Riley was raised for the most of his most of his life here in Nashville, and he currently lives in Los Angeles with his wife Emily. Emily's a songwriter. Riley is into internet marketing. He works for an agency and does all kinds of fun stuff. Has also lots of other hobbies, which we'll jump into. But I want to dive right into this and hear a little bit about Riley's story. So Riley, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm a big fan.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you are. You don't have a choice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True. No, but I actually am. I listen.
0: Good, good, good. What Any, any favorite episodes recently that, that, that you really liked?
1: Well, obviously, I love all the ones that my friend, my personal friends, are. I love mm. the one you did with Damien, and I love the talk you had with Alex. So those are my personal favorites.
0: Awesome, yeah. Alex Ray, the the friend of China and all his adventures is amazing. We get, you know, that was the first time Riley that I actually started tracking and seeing people from all kinds of like. Mongolia and China. And and I guess those are all his friends that were listening in. I'd never seen that on my podcast statistics.
1: I love that. Yeah. He has stories abundant and it's great talking to him always.
0: Yeah. So, so Riley, I'd like to talk, discuss with you your life journey to this point. And before we jump into a lot of other details, what's life, what has life been like since COVID in, in Los Angeles? And, since you got married i guess you were married back in september we had a great time back mm-hmm. over in palm springs it was super hot but it was super fun but but you've been living in la for covid what what what's life like for you
1: yeah i mean we luckily enough hit the got our wedding off right before everything kind of shut down shut down and it was kind of a perfect timing Sort of thing. Cause if we didn't do it then, it probably wouldn't have happened. But yeah, LA has been very closed down for the most part, as you probably have seen and heard. It's been interesting. I don't know. We went straight into marriage with everything shut down and not being able to see all of our friends, and which was has provided good things, but also has been struggle, obviously. And but I think has also progressed our life and our like marriage a lot in a lot of ways. It's kind of like a pressure cooker. So like, I was talking. I I was listening or reading something about how with with pandemic and with COVID and with all the stay at home stuff, it's kind of like a pressure cooker for relationships. Either if that's with your roommate, either you're married, or if you're a boyfriend or girlfriend, or even just your friend, it's kind of a pressure cooker to see you're really living with them and you're stuck with them twenty four seven, and you're not going to work, you're not doing these things. It's all at home, so that's mm. been actually really cool and interesting. I think uh, for us too, because it's kind of sped. It feels like we've been married forever and it was in September, but I think that's also because we spend so much time with each other and we're kind of forced to here in LA with all the stay at home orders. but currently everything's opening back up. There's a different energy in the air. Um, Vaccines Mm -hmm. are becoming more available. I'm going to, we're going to get ours on Tuesday or Wednesday. And I think it's definitely, you can tell, I don't know the, there's just a different energy in the air and things are opening back up. Restaurants are a lot are open back up with masks, of course, but it's been, it's been good recently.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to someone the other day and you hear about all these um, countries that have sweeping rules and laws and mandates, and we forget mm-hmm. how unique we are in this country and that it's like every state and even sections of states are like their own little countries. And, and and you can't make, there's really not a blanket statement. At times you can, but when it comes to things like this, you know, El- Los Angeles and California, Southern California is very different mm-hmm. than, say, where we are in Nashville, and then very different than what it might be like in New York and what it might be like in Wyoming, which is really an odd thing because we'd like to talk about this as a collective experience. And in one sense it is, but I think it's really different and unique in a lot of ways, don't you?
1: Totally. I think it kind of showed that these United States aren't really united and there's a lot of different ideas and thoughts and beliefs. And we see that and how that this this is kind of shown, it put a magnifying glass on that and how people are reacting to that, how even different states and governments are acting to that. Um, yeah. It's been interesting for sure. But I think yeah. it's also what kind of makes it United States so unique, right? Is that right. we have the ability and power to make those decisions and to react, the states to react those different ways. I guess that's kind of the idea, right? So it's been interesting for sure. But L.A. has definitely on, gotten a bad rep for being the place that has been handled it super poorly. And obviously cases have been really bad here, but also it's it's L.A. <laughs> people are on top of each other. It's very populated. So right. things are going to be bad. But also, I think recently with the vaccines and everything, it's been interesting to see how people have reacted to that. But yeah, I don't know. It's all very interesting. I think it's, it's all also put up as I said, it's kind of like a pressure cooker thing. I think it's also been interesting to see people's reaction to everything in terms of like jobs and lifestyle changes and stuff. Mm. It's been, this has been a good opportunity of like, hmm, I don't really enjoy what I'm doing right now. And I'm already working from home anyways, let me switch it up. Or, hmm, I really enjoy doing this hobby that I've had more time to do. Can I turn this into a way to make money? I've seen that a lot more. And I've seen some cool success stories and seen artists being able to do a lot of more stuff with and get the that stuff monetized, which has been cool too. So it's not all negative.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I've talked about this briefly before, but after every major negative hap- collective happening, there seems to be a renaissance period that comes out of it. And I think we're going to see, this is our I guess this is our war, this is our negative, this is our event. But, you know, you look at the black plague and then you look at the renaissance, you look at World War 1 and then you look at the roaring 20s, you look at World War II and the explosion of the 50s 60s, I think we're going to see some really cool things happen. Come out of this like you said, of people exploring new new creative ways to express themselves, you know, forced forced awareness of maybe where their life is taking them and where they want to change, et cetera. What's been the hardest thing for you?
1: Mm. Well, first off, I agree with all of what you just said. It's, you almost sound like Karl Marx over there. That's kind of the idea, right? <laughs> is that there's, Watch these, there's these cycles. Well, there's these cycles of things that are big right. things that happen in government and happen in right. culture and that, turns into that, that those big pushes then forces people to look at it themselves and want to change things in terms of art and knowledge and that sort of stuff. So totally agree with that. But hardest thing for me, hmm, I think there's a lot of things. It's been obviously a hard time for everyone. I think for me, I've been really exploring my emotions and like what it means Mm -hmm. to feel. And I feel like the last two or three years through therapy and just through like finding myself and growing up, I've realized how bad I am with emotions. And so this time alone and having more alone time and space and not seeing any people and being forced to be with your emotions more has really been healing and good, but also hard to kind of like face that and figure that out. So yeah, I think it's been like really interesting and hard to see how much how much I've been ignoring in life, if that makes sense. And that's easy to do when you're in LA going hundred miles an hour and going to work and going to the bar right after and not thinking about how I'm feeling about things. And when you're stuck at home working, you really have time to be in your head and to think about things. So that has been the hardest part, but also I think the best part in the long Mm.
0: run. Yeah. Yeah. Can't really, it's hard to run away from feelings relationship issues just life when you have you're forced to sit with yourself Mm -hmm. in this type of environment because you're right it's easy to get distracted or or to find distractions whether consciously or unconsciously that's good that's good i would echo that in a lot of ways you know you work from home you're in uh a lot of your work is online and i know emily is a songwriter and so you're you guys have been able and fortunate to continue to 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 bring in income and to, to continue mm. to work at your jobs. But it doesn't mean that, I mean, almost in in one sense, there's an awakening and a realization of what's really important and mm. what does location have to do with my future and, and all those questions. Is, are those things that you guys are asking yourself as a young couple? like? What's really important? Where do we want to be? What do we want to do with our lives? Mm. Are those are those deeper questions that you're having? Or or is it more of just let's just get through
1: the week? <laughs> That's a really good question. No, I think I think since we've been so fortunate and since things have been going so we've got our new apartment that we've made for ourselves and we've made these new friend group. This friend group, we have a great friend group that we've made. We've started asking those questions more. I think once we I think before it was very much day-to-day struggle trying to figure out just how to make ends meet and not really worry about those bigger questions. But I think slowing down and having this time and, as you said, being fortunate to be able to work from home while also having the time of being at home has had us questioning these things. Yeah, I think those are big questions that we are constantly asking. I think we've also both been feeling that we're like on the precipice for something like bigger and we're like about to be whatever's next for us both Mm. I don't know what that is but I feel like we both have this feeling that something is coming for either one of us Mm. whether that's a new job or whether that's a new opportunity it's like it's in the air right now so we're both trying to just like I think for both of us it's really important to just enjoy like our moments now because Mm now that we have a second to breathe and enjoy each other and have that time, we're not going to have time like this probably for a while. So we're trying to just enjoy it while we have it. And that's a great point. And also kind of enjoy having the time to talk about these existential, not existential, but these bigger questions and these Mm -hmm. things is just being able to sit around and have these conversations on the porch is really a blessing because like a year ago, we didn't even have time, like an hour to spare to even hang out. So yeah. I think that's a really good point. That's great. That's awesome. Well, I
0: know your story, Riley, for the most part, obviously you've been living on your own. You're 28 and you've been living on your own in LA for a while. And even before that, you're on your own. But I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit about maybe your life journey. And one of the questions I posed to you in advance, uh, and I'll throw it out there, is what were a couple of key moments or turning points in your life that you can look back on and now see it as highly influential? I have an idea of maybe what they might be, but but obviously I want to hear it from you. And just, just as you look back on your life and say, you know, th- this, this one right here was really influential or this one was really influential. And I'd love to hear the reasons for it.
1: Ooh, that's a big question. My life as a whole, as you said, I'm getting old. I'm like 28 now. I'm almost 30. <laughs> I, I was I was thinking about this question a lot because I was thinking about moments or big, big things in my life that changed the journey or that were very influential now. I think probably the one of the biggest things looking back, I was trying to think like through everything, what was one big thing that changed everything. And it, I think looking back, I, for a long time, kind of just accepted things like everyone just kind of accepted things how they were. and just kind of a, went along with the flow and was happy and comfortable and didn't really think about bigger questions or bigger ideas mm. in terms of why things were. And I think that's a testament to how comfortable. So I like, that's such a blessing that I didn't have to have those thoughts or really think about those things, if that makes sense. But I think one of the bigger moments in my life that really shook me in a way that was unchangeable was when my friend David died, David Taft died. And when I was young in high school was 17, 18, because that was like the first time I really thought about death or about life or about anything. I think it was that
0: wasn't it the first year after high school? I think it yes, was in college. Yes.
1: So yeah. I was at 18. It was the first year. Yeah. After, it was literally right after high school. So that was like kind of the first moment, I think, that really shook me in terms of like, oh, death is possible. And like, I, things aren't what they seem in a lot of ways, because I think also for me, religion was a huge thing up until that point. And that was kind of a turning point in, oh, this doesn't really make any sense. Why would someone that's living their life for this cause that I've, that I've accepted and I've trusted this whole time, why would he just be gone like that sort of thing? Mm. Which really shook me in a lot of ways too. And I think for a good, for good in the long run. But I also think that was a huge turning point in my life, looking back on it in a lot of different ways. And that shaped and turned a lot of things in my mind, I think, and how I respond to things, that sort of stuff. So that was probably a big, big one. I think through middle school and high school, there was never anything. I'm trying to think of like anything sure. huge that would, mm-hmm. that would, but I don't think, I think that's kind of like the big thing. And then after that, I kind of started, I really t- it took that. And instead of taking that energy and turning it into living the best life I could, I took it. I was very frustrated and mm-hmm. angry and turned it into more of a uh, self-sabotage, hating the world sort of thing. So that was, I think that was another whole thing that I had to deal with. And that really shaped a lot of my college experience. And then the next big thing was dropping out of college to work full time. That was a big decision, but also I think was the first time I felt like I was in control of things if that made sense. I think that was when I was I was still very confused and searching, but I was like, I can do this. And this is to prove to myself that like I can do it, if that makes sense. And looking back on it, too, that was probably not the best way to do it. But also, I don't think I would be where I was if I didn't do it that way. So that's another big, big moment. We can also stop and deconstruct or talk about any of these, after yeah. I'm going. by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm <laughs> I don't curious. Just keep talking.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I want to back up just briefly and talk about David's death, which... Yeah. It was, dev- it was just devastating for so many of us. And I know you and your friends and you had, I remember you're growing up and, and it was unusual in one sense. I, I'm sure it's not unusual for many people, but just in, in our environment and where, where you grew up in our community, there were several young people that died around you that you mm. knew growing up in high school specifically. So there was probably three or four deaths of people you knew and kind of loose friends, mm-hmm. but, but I guess what was unique and different about David's death?
1: Yeah, I think with David's, he was like a childhood friend that I like grew up with. Mm-hmm. That was part of it that made it so unique, but also I think, well, that was pretty much the whole part of it that made it so unique, but also I think I knew him. The day He was like, to me, the epitome of like the ideal, perfect person that like has life figured out, if that makes sense. He had a purpose that he loved and he had lived life to the fullest and followed that purpose. And that was soccer and like loving and serving Jesus. And he did those things to the fullest and the best I've ever seen anyone do those things. But in the end, it didn't matter. And mm. so that, that broke me. I was like, what's the point, you know, mm. what's the point of even trying To like follow your dreams or those ideals, if at the end like this mysterious force that's supposed to support us or that you're following and working for doesn't support that, what's the point? Was kind of where what it was, I think. Hmm. Looking back at it,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I know shortly after that, you know, in that first year of college, you also took a trip around the world, or at least the yeah Mediterranean semester at sea, which wasn't long after after David's passing, I believe what, or maybe it was after that. I, I, I don't even remember, but um, it was,
1: it was after it was. After. Oh,
0: okay. Okay. But yeah. the trip was, or David passing
1: the trip trip was. After. Okay.
0: Okay. The trip was after talk about that a little bit. And I, I don't want yeah. to put words in, in your mouth and say that was a key moment, but I would imagine. No, that's on a, my
1: list. That's on my okay. list. Yeah.
0: Okay. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, so the summer after freshman year, I believe, going into sophomore year, or was it the summer after sophomore year, I went on a trip with one of my college best friends, Dan, and we went around the Mediterranean on a boat with a bunch of other college students on a thing called Semester at Sea. And that was, yes, that was definitely a very formative impressionable thing in my experience, because for the first time, I had done some traveling. We had gone to Italy and I had done some mission trips with the church to some different places, but for the first time ever, I was kind of on my own exploring the world. And I had a lot of freedom in doing that. And I got to go to a lot of different countries around the Mediterranean and experience a lot of different cultures and a lot of different really special things. So yeah, that was awesome. I still talk about that to this day. And I have a butt Mm -hmm. tattoo from that trip to (laughs) to commemorate. (laughs) That's great. But yeah, so I think what was the takeaway? What was the takeaway?
0: Really- what, take what was the one or two takeaways from that trip that you say this is what, you know, this was like a I don't, you know, revelation or uh, enlightenment that I took away from that.
1: Sure. Well, one I we were in Turkey and in Morocco during Ramadan, mm-hmm. and I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. I grew up we grew up Christian and we didn't have I didn't have any Muslim friends at all actually growing up that I can think of. And so I just had no perception or idea of anything about around it or anything around like even Turkey or Morocco. So that was honestly one of the coolest experiences was, was being invited, enjoying in Turkey during the day we would go and travel and explore and see these beautiful things. And then at night, everyone would, would gather outside of the mosque and would have big dinner because during the day they can't, they fast and at night they eat with their family and with their friends. And so we were invited to multiple different family dinners during Ramadan in Turkey that we just would sit and eat and talk about our experiences and talk about their experiences and I for the first time really got to experience and see a lot of things from other people's eyes and saw that through people in Turkey and in Croatia and all over the place. And it was just really cool, I think, an eye opening to see and to experience these different experiences that I would never get to experience otherwise. So yeah, I think that was kind of a huge takeaway was just seeing things from other people's perspectives Mm -hmm. and also seeing my bias, I think, too, in a lot of ways of how I perceived and was told places and cultures were, but when I experienced them and when I got to be in those cultures, they were totally different and totally beautiful. And there was a lot of like people that I still talk to and things I learned. And I don't know, it was just interesting because I think my eyes are really open to uh, the world and how I have it. I always want to be traveling and seeing these different things and learning these different perspectives and experiencing these different cultures. And I think that's one of the reasons why I moved to LA is I like being surrounded by Different cultures and different food, and different. Mm. I don't know, there's value in having different experiences all the time.
0: That's good. That's good. Yeah, I um, I, I yeah.
1: agree 100%. Uh, the other thing is the other thing from that trip would be Akuna Matata to live life uh, to the fullest and to live worry free. And that sounds super cheesy, but it really is kind of how I've lived my life. Is, And it's worked out is kind of just living, wearing free and following what makes me happy. And that sounds stupid and cheesy, but at the end of the day, it's true and it works. And it's Mm. the only thing that kind of is worth it because, yeah, I don't know. I think with with that trip, I really got to see people living that way. And I also got to live that way. And Mm. it was, yeah, it's just been kind of the way since, I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's good. Well, that that that's a great segue into another question that I sent you, which was, what do you wish you knew at 10 years old, at 15, at 21? And you don't have to, to break it down each year by that. And maybe it's one or two mm-hmm. things at different stages, or maybe it's just one thing. But what what do you wish you knew back when you were young that you've learned now that you wish you could tell
1: young Riley? I think for the youngest, like 10 to whatever Uh would be do whatever you want that brings you joy and don't like care what other people think sort of thing Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times my hobbies or my interest or what I did was so focused on pleasing other people and focusing on what other people wanted that I could have I would have done probably different things that I would have enjoyed more and that that would have been more beneficial in the long run I don't know that that is with a lot of things, but hmm. I just think telling myself, I think it would be hard for me to understand a lot of things at that age, but just telling myself, Hey, just do what you enjoy and just follow it no matter what other people are doing or care. And it's okay. It's going to work out. I think hmm. that's probably what I would tell my youngest self. And then I think for like a 15 to 18 year old self, I was really afraid to fail. I think that there was my whole life. I played soccer and, at some point in high school, I didn't make the varsity team right away. And then it ended up working out and not really being a big deal. But there was at one point, I, for some reason, took that as like, I'm a failure, I can't succeed. And Mm. I took that as like, I don't even want to try to succeed in certain things. So I think for that age would just be like, To tell myself not to be afraid to fail because Mm. for some reason that turned into a much bigger fear and thing I had to deal with later in life that really wasn't as big of a deal as I made it in my head that if I just had someone telling me that or had a way to express that probably wouldn't have been as big of a deal. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was terrible. (laughs) And then last but not least, I think for like an 18 to 20 something year old self, Oh gosh, I would tell myself so many things, but (laughs) I was so silly. I don't know. I think, I think I would tell myself, I would hope I would be able to hear this at the time too. Uh, That's the thing is, I feel like my 18 to 20 something would never listen to anyone above the age of 25, but I would tell myself, hey, like, realize, I think just realizing that my actions have, that all of the actions that I do cause, a reaction in some way. And a lot of times it affects others and I don't realize what that's doing. And so just to realize what all of just be like, Hey, just realize you can do whatever the fuck you want. Sorry. I don't know if we curse on the show, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. But at the end of the day, all of your reactions have consequences and Mm. some of those are really going to hurt the people you love and it's not worth it sort of thing. And I think Mm. that would really probably change my perspective of how I handled a lot of things at the time. Mm. Mm. But that also comes with the perspective of failing and doing all those things. So I don't know if I'd be able to understand it at the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you had to go through them and fail and mess up yeah. in order to really get what you just said, right? So it's kind of a catch-to- Exactly.
1: Too. Yeah, exactly. It's like, can the time traveler actually stop it? Or are they just not going to understand it or think you're crazy, sort of thing?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It kind of leads to the next question, which would be the other the other side of the coin is what are, what are you hoping future Riley
1: will be like? I've thought about this a lot too and the question really comes down to what makes me happy and that's something I've really been struggling with weirdly I don't know I, I envy people that have something that they love that they want to follow and only do you know because I feel like my interests and my hobbies are constantly evolving and changing and there's three or four that are constant but it's never anything that I want to devote my life to or that I love with the burning passion. So I think I've just come recently been trying to come to the realization that it's okay to be that way. And it's okay to have different hobbies and to constantly be doing different stuff. And it, it's okay to not have, not find my worth and my everything in work or in these money or capitalist things that say, this is what worth is. So I think for the future self, what I hope and what I, really dream for future Riley is that I'm just happy in whatever place I'm at. And in Mm. that sense, I'm doing whatever makes me happy. And that doesn't, and that could be with anything from hobbies to work, but at the end of the day, I'm spending my day bringing joy to others and to myself. If Mm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Great. I mean, that's a great aspiration. And especially at someone in your, at your age, because you know, there's the reality of paying the bills, you know, you guys mm-hmm. are, are married, you live in Los Angeles, you have a, a rent to pay, you have expenses and cars and things like that. But at the same time, how do we balance that with, you know, building our future and remaining joy and peace? And like you said, that akuna Matata mentality, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I'm going to enjoy life and I'm going to be present in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess we all struggle think- with that.
1: And I think money and all that stuff always works itself out in a weird sort of way, not saying that you can just sit back and not do anything and it's all going to be fine. But we're obviously always going to be working and doing whatever we need to do to pay the bills. So instead of focusing all of our energy and mental energy and our energy, spiritual energy on work and on those stresses, I've just found recently that if you focus on what brings you joy and focus on those moments that you're in those happy moments, life itself just finds a way to work itself out and mm. to go more positively in that way. And that sounds yeah. super hippie, but I think it's true is if you don't overthink stuff and you just do what makes you happy, life finds a way to kind of support you in that.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's great advice. It's great advice. What what would you say, and maybe you've hinted at this, Riley, but what what's your greatest weakness and how have you come to recognize and be aware of it when it arises? Because I know you were always a, a very self-aware person, even as as a young man, and even more so now. And you know, you've you you often get calls and texts from friends that kind of seek advice because, because of your self-awareness, I think. And I think that's a lifelong process we're always going through. So, I mean, I'm going to put you on the spot. what What is your greatest weakness and how have you come to recognize and be aware of it when it arises?
1: Well, that's first off very sweet, but about the self-awareness, but I think I have lots of weaknesses. A couple that I've recognized and one of the main ones that I hinted at is that fear of failure. When it comes to doing certain things, I don't fully commit or go all the way through with it because I'm afraid of failure down the line. And for some reason, my mind thinks it's easier to not do it or it's less painful to not do it and just to imagine it than to go through with it and fail, if that makes sense. Hmm. So that's definitely a big one that I'm constantly trying to push through and figure out solutions for, but also why that's happened. And I think we've, I kind of broke it down with the soccer thing. is definitely a part of it, but mm. I don't know why I'm so afraid of failing because at the end of the day, failure is always going to, you're going to fail 12 times before you succeed once. And we see that in every sort of the way. And I've seen that in my own life. So I don't know why I still am so afraid to fail sometimes. So fear of failure mm. definitely is one. And then I think there was an, there's so many, I think also just I think my my biggest personal things and being okay with with just just experiencing my feelings and what that is and that sounds silly but I feel like for so long I didn't actually feel my feelings and I really suppressed them or I I I don't know I don't know how to explain it I just didn't feel my feelings and I let it build up and it would either explode and a fight or it would explode and me doing saying something really bad to someone, but it all came back to me, not actually experiencing what my feelings and really letting myself go through the, my emotions and suppressing that. And that, and that's something I've been really focusing on and struggling with and figuring out with myself, because I don't think it's okay to let feelings build up and, overwhel- and bubble up and be something that it doesn't need to be. But sometimes I have issues recognizing that I'm feeling feelings at the time, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, it makes total sense. And I don't
1: see it till later down the line. And I'm like, oh, I was feeling really annoyed then or really frustrated then. And that's why I did this. And I wish I could have just seen that I was frustrated and take a step back and taking a breath and then it would have been fine sort of thing. I wonder. Uh, But meditation and I think meditation and like meditation has been a life changing for me. That's another thing I wish I told my high school or middle school self is just start, Hey, just meditate five to 10 minutes every morning. Just try it. It sounds silly, but just try it. I think that would change my life. (laughs) I would be a totally different person if I started doing that earlier, uh, because I am so much more self-aware and peaceful and loving, and I can understand what emotions I'm feeling and I can kind of see that more when I meditate in the morning because I think I'm just more self-aware. That helps with the self-awareness too.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I wonder if the fear of failure, Riley, is connected to what you said about learning how to feel. Is it? Is it that you're scared mm-hmm. of failing or is it that you're scared of the feelings and emotions that failure come, come that comes along with it? You know what I'm saying? I think Is you it-
1: nailed I think you nailed it because that's what my therapist also says. I think I think I'm afraid of all of the I think I'm personally afraid of intense emotions, negative emotions. I'm not all afraid right. of intense pleasurable emotions. I chase those constantly, but intense negative emotions I would do anything to avoid mm-hmm. and I I'm subconsciously joining failure with a ne- really intense negative emotions. So I'm finding ways to avoid those emotions instead of facing those. But I think recently, I realized it's much easier and better in the long run if you just face those emotions and face it, um, because you're going to grow and learn through it. And then also later down the line, you can be like, oh, I failed in this way, or I felt these strong emotions here and this is what happened in the, in the outcome. This is how I can yes. apply it here sort of thing. Yeah. That's great. What's your greatest strength? <laughs> oh gosh. I think I, I think going back to the Kuna Matata thing, I think really just living in the moment and just enjoying where I'm at is probably my biggest strength. And that's something that recently Emily has said is I just wish I could relax and enjoy every moment like you can. That's such a strength. So that's definitely one of them. And I really have come to appreciate that. And then I think also just another one that I really appreciate, thing I really appreciate about myself is I never meet a stranger and I can pretty much talk to anyone and find something in common with anyone. And I just love people. I just love talking to people, hearing their stories, just like you. I just, every person has, is a whole different, has their own story and own timeline. And I would love to listen to anyone talk about their hobbies and what makes them happy for hours. So that's something that I think is also a strength because I know not everyone has the, the natural ability to talk to people and just love people in that way. And it's harder for some people. So I find that as a strength too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love growing and learning and, um, seeing things from so many different perspectives because, you know, my favorite saying and people, the listeners probably get tired of me saying it is the, we don't see things as they truly are. We see things as we are. And I find that talking and meeting and exploring other human beings stories allows me to see the world bigger, wider, more accurate, uh, and more complex rather than just staying to myself or staying just with people that just look and believe just like me. I think, you know, I think i don't know if it was saint augustine i think it was saint augustine who who said those who those who do not travel it's like reading only one page of a book and i think i my desire and i think i maybe in some way if it's genetic or what pass it on to you is i want to read the whole book and then go on to the second one not just experience a couple of pages so that's great Mm.
1: yeah i i would i think you definitely have passed it on to me because sometimes i'm getting really i'm really researching some random rabbit hole of some ancient civilization or something random and emily would be like i don't know why you're so like why does it matter why are you so obsessed i'm like there's a story here i need to know the whole story i can't just know the headline i need to know right. why i need to know where so yeah i totally understand that wait but before we move on i need to know what you think your greatest strengths and weaknesses are
0: oh mine put you back yeah
1: it's your podcast i got to put you back on the spot
0: well I mean, this is gonna sound like the easiest answer, but I would say I'm gonna echo you. My greatest weakness is avoiding, is avoiding difficult, painful emotions. And unfortunately I didn't come to that realization. I'm still learning it until I was older than you are now. So, you know, kudos to you for experiencing and having the self-awareness. But I would say, you know, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram. You and I are both Enneagram Seven. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the classic fault is the reason we love experiences and pleasure and living in the moment and talking to new people and, you know, exploring and having adventures is because it keeps us in a positive, adventurous emotion versus Mm -hmm. living in the mundane, normal human experience of pain and pressure and you know the other things that go with a lot that are just as much as part of life but are as important but so yeah I would say that's my greatest weakness and maybe different from you I can't say for sure is is it 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 can drive me to be restless it can drive me to Mm -hmm. be sarcastic at times because Mm. rather than feel the feeling I can flip it and say oh you know whatever it might Mm -hmm. be and and it also can cause us to be to appear to be, and I this is, I'm just talking about me. It can it, it can cause me to appear to be empathetic, but actually mm. what it is, it is a radar that is always up on the look for who <laughs> is feeling bad and who is vibing out the negative emotions. So yep. I can identify those people. And people, oh, you're so empathetic. You can see pain. Yeah, because I don't want to get near it. That's what really <laughs> it's about, right? And so, right. so true empathy leans into it, sits with, and allows the person to feel their pain, and you can feel it mm. with them. So I'm really trying. Like I'm gonna, um,
1: I would, I would also though challenge that that's a positive thing in certain ways too, because sure. some people will take advantage of your empathy. Oh, both, I'm the same way, and. I, I would walk into a room and I can instantly identify who's feeling what I'm very empathetic in that way as well. And I, I do the same thing where I'm going to naturally gravitate to those that are not feeling negative and sad and those that are positive and energetic and are going to lift me up because I want to feel that pleasure and pain. And I, I think to an extent, and sometimes because I have thought this, I'm thinking the same as you, but I think sometimes that protects us too. And we need to uh, allow we need to protect ourselves from those negative emotions because yes. we feel them so much and we will dwell on them that it's okay sometimes to to do that. But yes. I do also agree that it's it's also can be a fault where it's not okay to always be avoiding those. Yes. Because pain and because without pain there's not pleasure.
0: Yeah. And I can say that I can tell you all the good place it's taken me that that tendency and that wiring i can tell you all the good things like you said where it's taken me but i could also show you a lot of the bad things that it's taken me Mm -hmm. and like you said which i think was huge is you could tell your 18 to 20 something self that you know the decisions you make can greatly affect not just you but others around you and those Mm. other people around you could be greatly affected for a lifetime and in certain Mm. ways right so i mean that's those are things that i've learned um the hard way and the easy way through my life. So, so I would say that, that, that is my greatest weakness as well.
1: What's your greatest strength?
0: Hmm. I think I have an ability to, my friends have told me this a lot and my colleagues, my business colleagues, I have a, I have a ability to stay present. And Mm -hmm. now let me, let me, let me rephrase that. I have ability to stay current and the ability to see what's going to happen in the future not a, not in the sense of a future teller but more of a oh this is what I need to be doing in my job this is where mm. this is where culture's going this is where technology's going this is where I can talk about write about speak about help my clients in the business world just kind of not get stuck in an era you know mm. i'm getting older but i still feel inside my head and in my culture and in the things that i do and stay up on that i'm pretty current totally. and so i th- i th- i think that's a strength because i i don't ever want to stop learning and growing i don't mm-hmm. ever want to stop talking about or being in the middle of what's happening in the world i don't have mm-hmm. any i don't have any illusion that you know I'm 25 anymore, but I, but at the same time, I want to be able to understand and not forget when I was 25 because, and when I'm 85, I don't want to forget what it was like when I was 45. And I think that's, I guess, a a strength that, that I am realizing more and more that, you know, most people or a lot of people can get kind of stuck, like Mm -hmm. the good old days, what used to be the world is awful. It's not as good as it used to be. I'm just, I was never that person. I don't think I ever will be.
1: Yeah. I, I would totally agree with commend you on that. Actually, someone was, bra- I was bragging about that the other day because we were doing VR chat the other day on mm-hmm. VR where we were chatting and hanging out. And then one of my friends was messaging me afterwards he was like, that's so cool that your dad is like hip and cool and understands VR and could <laughs> actually like hang out with you in VR chat. My dad would never even try and all this stuff. And I, and it's true. You're, you always are foreseeing what's next and what's coming up. And that definitely is, I commend you in that. And I think it's also really cool too, because it helps you see perspective, as you say, and as you value, as you see the perspectives of younger people, which also adds a lot of value to your life too, because every, with every new generation, there's going to be new things. And Every generation scared of the generation that comes after them. But I feel like you are, you break that mold and you're very excited for the technology and what's coming from the new generation and from people, other people. And you not only see that, but you also do really well in supporting that and um, pushing that those visions, which is really cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, thanks. I try, Riley. I, You know, the way that I, I've come to realize, and I think you and I have talked about this a lot. Offline, is that you know the world that we experience now is in so many ways better, different, more advanced than the world of a hundred years ago, five hundred mm-hmm. years ago, a thousand years ago. And what makes us think that it won't continue to improve? And yes, we struggle, we go through pains, and and don't. And I certainly don't deny what we've been through with COVID. And I know a lot of people are suffering. But I do believe once we get through it, this is something that you'll tell your kids about and your grandkids Mm -hmm. and, you know, like I, you know, dad, you, you went through granddad, you went through, you know, the COVID experience. Yep. Went through it. And uh, what was it like? And, oh, did, you know, did you know that out of that came all this cool discoveries and art and Mm -hmm. technology and, you know, they could do vaccines in less than a year and, you know all this cool science, and on and on it goes. So I, I don't have any illusion that that's not going to continue to happen for the next mm-hmm. thousand years. Yeah. And so why not? Why not be on board with, you know, learning and growing and be a better human? So that's kind of the way I look at life.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, I appreciate that too, because you do that and you set your ego aside when it comes to a lot of things, also that are outside of your comfort zone. Recently, mm-hmm. I've noticed that too. Is you're very good about. Even if it's outside your comfort zone, you're not gonna automatically write it off or like not learn or hear about it. You're gonna hear people's perspective first. And I really appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks. And I and I will say, and you know this, I haven't always been that way, Riley. That's a life mm-hmm. journey. You probably remember me when I maybe was a little more rigid, but that's mm-hmm. what this podcast is all about. It's about our journeys mm-hmm. and growth and change. Whenever that may happen, it might happen. You know, through the death of a good friend when you're 18, that changed the trajectory of your life, and it might be the failure of business, it might be the failure of relationship, the death of a loved Mm -hmm. one, you know, when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, it doesn't matter. We're all going to go through those pains that that change us and grow us and morph us, so… so what advice would you give people, Riley, listening who are struggling to find meaning and purpose in 2021? And not to put you on a huge spot with that, but
1: oh, we talked
0: about a lot of things the last 45 minutes or so. What what advice just like if you could if you could just give one or two pieces of advice and I don't know who's listening to this podcast right now. It's probably all over the globe and all over ages and things like that. Probably a lot of your friends, but you've got a platform, you've got a f- couple of minutes now, you know, everybody is, a lot of people are depressed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are in good places and they're like, yeah, I, I, I did fine. But there seems to be a consciousness um, mm-hmm. shift in the world. What what advice would you give people uh, who are struggling just trying to figure it out? Mm-hmm. Any, any words of encouragement?
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's a big, big, heavy question to put on me. First off, words of encouragement, because we're all, everyone's going through something in a different way. I think that's a lot of times with my generation, something that gets lost in social media is that like to just put up the good moments or talk about the good moments and not about the things they're struggling with or about the things they're really thinking thinking about or about the hard parts and currently and right now and recently everyone's going through something so don't feel alone in anything that's step number one and I really feel like currently I've seen and felt through meditating and through just being in the moment as much as possible I think there's a reason that that's so popular right now and that there's tons of apps popping up about being calm and meditating and being in the moment not only is that good for stress and for your anxiety but i think i think that's kind of the answer for a lot of these things is just being present and being in the moment and being able to listen to whatever the universe or god or what you want to you want to place that on but in order to hear and to mm, i don't know how to say this but in order to move on and to understand and to be able To process these things or to grow, yeah. In order to be able to do that, you have to be able to listen, and you have to be open. And that's something that I've really been realizing and learning lately. Is I feel like a lot of times the frustration and the things that I feel come from me not being open, not being open to change, not being open to grow, not being open to new experiences. And that's usually subconsciously. Mm -hmm. And it's usually, as you said, it's because I'm avoiding. I want to avoid pain, so I'm trying to. Stop that! But in the end, that's actually just hurting me more because I'm not open to positive experiences. So that's that's a whole mm, spiel. Great, I nice. don't really know if that helps yeah, at all. No, or if that's super... actually even advice. But I think it just is. me personally, I've seen a lot of a lot of lot of growth, and I've seen a lot. I think personal value and just being still and being open and just listening, and that's not only to myself but to the world and to the universe, or just being open and just also. Loving others really had really helped, even if you don't love yourself that day, or you really mm. feel bad or feel depressed. One thing that always makes me feel better and that always changes my day or changes my perspective is just loving someone else and that. Trickles down, right? If you, if someone says something really loving and caring to you, or makes you feel loved, you're going to naturally do that to the next person, and that's naturally going to make those three people's mm-hmm. days much better. So, just trying to find little ways of doing that every day has also been a thing mm-hmm. for me that's really helped my perspective and made things less depressing and stop focusing on the negative and focusing on like, huh, how can I make this person a little happier today, or how can I make myself. Like, what's one thing that I can do for myself to make myself happy, and then really focusing on that rather than the negative thing, if that makes sense?
0: Yeah, no, oh, that's great. That's great. Really good advice. Practical. Being present. Get outside yourself. Serve and love others. Mm-hmm. Let's wind it. Let's wind our time down with final question, which is favorite movie and or book and why?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. I was really, this is the hardest for me to decide favorite of anything. So you said favorite book, TV, and uh, movie in the email. I TV, I got down. TV, I chose Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, which is actually an anime, but it is okay. one of the best written series of TV I've ever watched. And it is amazing. And I recommend it to anyone, even people that are very skeptical of anime or animated shows give it a chance, give it three episodes and you're going to be hooked and it's going to be one of the best shows you've ever watched. Uh, favorite movie. <sighs> okay. So I used to always say Donnie Darko, which was a very edgy psychological thriller about time travel and a depressed teen. And I still really love that movie, but I don't think that's my favorite anymore. Honestly, I think I would have to choose one of the Lord of the Rings as my all-time favorite. And I think mm-hmm. it's Fellowship just because going i've watched it so many times and always going back And whenever i watch those movies which i do a lot especially the extended cuts i feel a sense of like so much creativity and so much imagination and joy when i watch those movies unlike any other movie i'd ever watched and i felt it then and i felt like anything's possible and magic's real and i watched it then and i still feel it now so that's why i love lord of the rings especially fellowship of the ring is it really just brings a sense of magic and wonder back that I nothing else does. Book has been a really hard one because I've kind of hopped around and I used to only read fiction and then I only read comic books and manga and then I stopped reading for a long time and now I'm into reading again. I'm really into reading philosophical and psychological stuff. So I've been all over the place. But one book I this is going to sound really funny, but one book that I always comes back in my mind is To Kill a Mockingbird because mm. I loved how edgy and anti literature bookie it was at the time, especially in school. And the fact that I got to like, write about this edgy team that was figuring stuff out and hated everything. And I felt that way at the time. And it was kind of fun to see that I could talk, talk about that in art and I could be well received if that makes sense. And I could feel mm-hmm. what I want to feel. And that could be well received gave me some sense of it gave me that in a weird way. So I think for some reason, that's one of my favorites. But I—I I don't know. Books change every week. I—I I love books, and I'm constantly reading and changing. I—I I think obviously, 1984 is up there because I—I love sci-fi, and I also love—I love that book so much. And then I also think another random favorite is Lord of the Rings as well, because I said I as movie, but uh, the books are also can't beat those. the The amount of the fact that there's languages and lore for. For days, and all of those books really just blow my mind and get me going.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tolkien was what a mind, what a create creative mind. And you know, we won't go down the rabbit hole, which you and I love to talk about. Is (laughs) you know the theory of. Middle Earth being a real thing, and he had some kind of real,
1: yeah,
0: hidden knowledge. Uh-huh. I'm that all he... about it.
1: <laughs> I love the idea that Lord of the Rings is actually a history book in the long run, of yeah. uh, of a of a world before our world here on Earth.
0: Yeah, we'll have to have you back for part two of Riley's uh, conspiracy theories and and mystery <laughs> explorations, hidden mysteries. I love that. So.
1: We have a paranormal day coming up next month I think so I can oh, come back for that. Uh, I have, I have a list of of new paranormal investigations I've been on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome, Riley. Well, any any closing thoughts or words before we wrap this up cuz I know I'm going to get you I'm going to let you get back to your busy day. My Angeles Sunday. Day. Yeah, your Sunday afternoon of relaxation. But any any closing thoughts or anything else you'd like to to add to our listeners?
1: No, I think, thank you for talking and letting me talk. I feel like I talked the whole time and we didn't really have. You are the guest. Back and forth. (laughs) I know I am the guest. I feel as a seven, I feel uncomfortable talking for myself for long periods of time. And I'd rather let you talk about yourself, but here we are. I would like to say thank you. It was very fun and it was cool talking. And I would also like to tell anyone out there that's listening. I don't know, just that it's going to be better and that everything's okay. And that. If anyone needs to talk about anything or has any questions about anything, you can always reach out to me. I guess you can put my Twitter, Instagram. And yeah, you want to let's do that. And
0: let's do that right now. What how do people get a hold of your Twitter?
1: I honestly don't since I work in social media, I am not good about using my social media as much, but you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at my name, which is just Riley Hutchins, R-I-L E Y H U T C H I N S. And I would love to talk to anyone about anything. If you have stories if you want to talk about paranormal stuff i'm open and i'm willing to talk or if you just want someone to talk to and a or, friend, i'm here
0: or if you just want to follow riley's tiktok roundup on fridays they're <laughs> amazing on instagram instagram stories yes
1: every friday i do a tiktok <laughs> roundup on instagram stories it is it's an adventure so get ready i, I warned you
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right riley we'll tell emily so we said hello love you both and uh we'll be talking to you soon sounds good love you Love you too. Bye.
1: Bye.